Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. Him and I talk about Monday Night Raw from last night, the go-home show before WrestleMania 36. What a wonderful show it was. Got you psyched for what we're going to see this weekend. Awesome job by big four superstars. We'll tell you who they are with their promos and mic work from last night. Also, get into Undertaker and AJ Styles and how a certain Hall of Famer could get involved this weekend. Plus, we hear from Tommy Dreamer and the great Pat McAfee. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, good morning, man. How are you? Good morning. How are you, bud? I'm good, man. And, you know, yesterday, obviously, we spoke the beginning of WrestleMania week, and then Bully and I talked about, you know, really how it's been kind of tough to get psyched, to get adjusted by this week, and it just doesn't feel like WrestleMania week with everything that's going on in our world and and also too just like what WrestleMania is going to be like on Saturday and Sunday without that crowd but got to be honest with you Tommy watching Monday Night Raw last night they did I thought a phenomenal job to get you excited for Saturday and Sunday what did you think of last night's show I loved last night's show um man I I kind of studied the show just because I also know I have to do stuff for impact wrestling um, coming up and we're starting to try to write uh, a lot of television and man, that opening package of, you know, AJ Styles and undertaker. And then I was actually thinking of you because man, what an undertaker promo. I mean, that was, it was real and it was old school and it's everything the undertaker is and that end with the grave the tombstone i loved it and you know i even put it out there on social media to me i feel the the world has changed with so is professional wrestling and i think wrestling is changing for the better and this is going to give a lot of men and women an opportunity because back in the day you had to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk there's a lot of wrestlers that uh can't talk the talk and the old school or the ability to connect with people through your words and talk people into seats was so prevalent last night. And then Becky, who, you know, can speak, uh, they showed that whole match, that whole first uh, hour was, you know, the main event from WrestleMania and then they come out of it 
And, you know, they went into that nice little angle that they did to build heat for her and Shayna. Um, I loved, loved the whole show. Yeah, and Tommy, I, I mentioned this earlier before you joined the show, and you just said it too. Man, it, it was old school. Like I was saying to the audience about how like when we were growing up, you know, the shows were almost infomercials for the big arena show at the end of the month. Like what they were trying to do with their promos was to get you to buy a ticket to go to the arena to see that match. Man, the, the, the skilled performers, as you said, did their best and had the time to talk you to watch on Saturday and Sunday, you know, whether it was Edge, whether it was Kevin Owens, whether it was Becky Lynch, and obviously The Undertaker to start that show. Like, man, we haven't seen the WWE give their performers that amount of time to talk you in to seeing a show like they did last night. And like you said, like, we're obviously this is not what we wanted. Everything that's going on in the world is a real struggle. And But you know what? The cream rises to the top, and I really think their top performers did as best as they could with their promos in front of no crowd. It actually was to their advantage that they weren't doing it in front of an audience last night. Dude, I said the same thing. Like Undertaker's promo was better that there was no people there. And like I said, I was studying the show. He spoke for five minutes, and... I hung on his every word and his inflections, how he delivered it, you know, when he started, you know, almost like he was, he was shooting on certain stuff. And, you know, then Edge's promo, another phenomenal promo. And yeah, the shows were, they reminded you of why these people are fighting. Edge's promo was pure money and pure passion. Uh, I really enjoyed the six person, six man match. Minus uh, Montez Ford almost killing himself. Yeah. And um, then Kevin Owens cutting the promo right there on the floor, you know, in the ring. Uh, another impassioned promo. And, you know, Paul Heyman's delivery, always his promos are great. Um, Brock Lesnar's pretty much stealing money. Um, I don't know why they'd even, he'd even risk flying there. They could literally put a cardboard cut out of Brock Lesnar and we wouldn't even have known. No, you're right. Like he's just standing there. There's no reason for, they, they, you know what? I didn't even look, I, I, I have to, I will say this though. You could have had a cardboard cut out of Brock, but I did not look at Paul Heyman once during that promo. My eyes were fixated on Brock Lesnar again. Like, even though he didn't say a word, him just standing there with that title belt on his shoulder sold me on the match as well. So, but go on, please. Yeah, it was to me. It was uh, it was it was Rocky Four uh, versus the Russian, and this is the guy who's going to do all the damage while the other guy is talking for him. But Paul Heyman took us home, and you know, every like you said, and and I say this all the time too, uh, a six-minute match is okay, but when you start adding in entrances, but you give talent time to shine, and the talent will deliver. Paul Heyman's promo was to the T, um, and, I, and I understand it was an edited show, but that promo really wasn't that edited. You know, Raw went off the air at, you know, exactly
exactly 11 o'clock and it was almost like there was a countdown of three, two, one, boom. It's the go home show, uh, to WrestleMania ending. And it, you know, he just put an explanation, explanation, ex, explanation point. Is that yep. how I say it? Help me. All right. No, you did. You got um, it. You got it. <laughs> on, you know, the go home to, I want to watch this show. I, I loved it. I really did. Uh, even, you know, when we talk about charisma and it factors, you know, Zelina Vega explained to the audience at home with confidence what was going on. And uh, I love her. She's my favorite commentator, Asuka. Asuka went out there, had a strong, strong match, but she has so much charisma. And that charisma shines through, even though you don't know what the hell she's saying. Yeah, and, and you're right. And I actually tweeted out like during that segment how much I love Asuka. You're right. You don't know what she's saying, but she's saying it with so much passion and charisma that it's hard to turn her off. It's impossible to turn her off. And, you know, she's going to be a big part. You forget she's a tag team champion because you haven't really seen, you know, her and Kari Sane defend those tag team championships. But, man, if if they could just have her be a commentator throughout the show – without even understanding a word, and she would be one of the best commentators in the WWE. It's crazy how, like you just said, Tommy, they're letting their performers shine. Like, I love the fact they're giving them time because you need time to draw people in. You can't just do it in a 90-second promo and then finishing with your tagline. When you give, like, an Undertaker five minutes – they're going to draw the viewer in. I think everybody did that last night. That was probably one of the best Monday Night Raw I've seen in years, quite honestly. Absolutely. And they're not, you know, there's no teleprompter where these performers are reading, uh, you know, their promo or there's no, I'm sure, I don't, you know, I don't know the, the behind the scenes, but you could totally feel that the performers are also adding input to these. And yes, they're seasoned performers with the undertaker and edge, but I mean, it was, it was all passion and everything was from the heart. And, and you know, you and I talk about, you know, old wrestling. I literally that day I, I was working out and I was watching, uh, Hussein Arab who became the iron Sheik. He is doing, you know, the iron Sheik clubs and he's got Freddie Blassie as his, um, manager, Freddie can talk, but then the entire time, uh, Iron Sheik is cutting a promo in, in uh, Iranian, and Vince McMahon is just holding the microphone, and all you hear is Bob Becklin, blah, 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 and, and behind him is Fred Blassie. They're having an argument, and Fred Blassie is literally going, Bali, 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 Bali. And, but I'm captivated at this. And years later, that's the same thing with Asuka. Or I went to, I was, like I said, I watched Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and I'm watching Roddy Piper and Ric Flair do a seven-minute segment of all talking. And it was, you know, a Ric Flair amateur workout. And then he finally, you know, gets upstaged by Roddy Piper. Mm -hmm. But it's all delivery. Or after that, Paul Jones is explaining, and then here comes the House of Humperdinck. And it's all these guys explaining why I'm coming after you or why I am fighting you. And it's going to be on the road at all these different, you know, uh, places. But that's what wrestling was, you know. And if you listen to all the veterans, they would say 
we would work all these days and then it was promo day and we'd literally sit there and we'd talk and it was our time, interview time. And then we'd either have to wrestle in the morning or, and then drive to the next show. And that's what they did all the time. Um, and that's how the wrestling business was fueled. And this show last night had such that great, cause I, I don't want to say I have, and I think a lot of the nation has too. A lot of us fast forward, a lot of promos. Um, it's just because, you know, it's just going to be filler, filler, filler. Yeah. And there's a few people that can carry it, but now it's like, they're given that microphone and that opportunity for people to connect. And if you listen to every Hall of Famer or, you know, the cream of the crop from The Rock, Hulk Hogan, it's I was able to step out and be myself. And those are the people who are going to be bigger stars when all of this is over or back to normal. Um, I, I look forward to the day when they do a no fans in the, when everything is normal and they go back to doing a show, like a retro show, of no fans in the audience. Yeah. Go back to, uh, March and April of 2020. Um, but you know what, Tommy, I think, and you've said this today and you said it on yesterday's show as well. Like there's things that you can learn from what's going on right now. Is it ideal? Absolutely not. But I think, you know, we've seen it with AEW, but now we're really seeing it with the WWE. I, I hope they learn from this experience, and I hope that they learn from last night's show. It's like, you know what? With the people that we trust, they're superstars for a reason. Give them a microphone. Give them four or five minutes and just let them speak from the heart. I love that. Like you mentioned, Zelina Vega. I love that Zelina Vega was honest about Andrade. She didn't just brush it off. You know, right there on TV, Mike and Hand, she explained why Andrade was not going to be a part of what's going to take place. I love that Paul Heyman at the end of the show acknowledged what's going on in the world right now. When you use honesty right off the bat, you're going to grab people's attention. Yep, absolutely. Because, you know, number one, we're all in this together and trying to make the best of a bad, you know, unprecedented situation. And, you know, this is a lot of, you know, you'll always hear the, the, the show must go on. And this was a great example of, Hey, we're talking about WrestleMania and the show will come on and the show must go on after, you know, tragedies or after things have changed, this has changed. And, you know, the biggest, we say this all the time, you know, Wrestling is continuing. You know, this show continues. We're the only form of live entertainment going on right now because of the world. And now it's also funny because I'm seeing other people starting to pick it up. You know, ESPN has had a scroll about wrestling. Yep. Um, ESPN has had more stuff. And yes, I know it's the go home week, but I also do feel that like, how do you not talk about it? You know, uh, Last week's uh, Tales on the Dark Side, I saw the ratings. It was, they did one point something ratings. Yep. Uh, that is over a million for a people documentary. watched that. Yep. Think about uh, that. Like right, over, but... a mil- over a million people watched that, you know, documentary because right now, when it comes to pro wrestling, that's the only world in sports that is moving. And like you said, even entertainment. Yep. Uh, Everything else has been 
on hold, the NFL free agency they're talking about. Why is nobody picking these people up? And then I listened to one guy's like, uh, where we're talking about Cam Newton, a former MVP. They're like, well, they can't get a doctor or go visit the guy to see if he's okay. Yep. And like, these are, you know, big money players, but yet here's professional wrestling, just strolling right around, right along. And, uh, you know, I, I just specifically to talk about the show it delivered. And if I'm, I would, as a performer, chomp at the bit for this opportunity because I know, and we've all talked about when things were regular, why are they holding this person back? Why are they holding that person back? I know if I was just like, just give me that microphone, let me vent, let me try to sell something. And the little times I was giving that, I always like felt that I delivered a home run. And because that's all I wanted was the ability to show showcase that, hey, I could speak. Hey, I could also wrestle. And there's so many men and women that could do the same. And it's it's so simplistic in its form of here are two men and women, uh, and why are we going to fight? It's really that simple. And it's here's my plot of my movie. Here's the plot of my book. And let me sell that to the world. And it's it's I love it in its purest, most simplest form. It's going to be good versus evil, or it's just going to be this competitiveness and this competitive edge. Why we're going to rip each other apart and perform in front of literally no people except just to hope to have, you know, so many eyes on the product. I mean, there was pretty much two enhancement matches on, on a three hour show. And I, I, I did not fast forward. That's why I I fell asleep so late because I didn't watch it. I was unable to watch it live because I was doing stuff with my daughters and I watched it as soon as the show went off the air. And I, I didn't fast forward anything except for the matches that I already saw, but I was so enthralled in last night's raw and it was, I thought it was a phenomenal job. And it, like I said, I, I want this not to end <laughs> if that's, I can't wait to go out there and, and try to create and or to perform in front of no people uh, for impact wrestling. And I'm 49 years old. Uh, I've, going back to when I first started in wrestling in front of no people. So I look forward to it. Well, you said about a home run. I think the WWE and Monday Night Raw hit a home run last night to sell you on what's going to take place for WrestleMania 36 on Saturday and Sunday. Tommy, thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Sorry I fell asleep before, man. I literally fell asleep with the phone on my chest, and I was dreaming I was doing the show. And then Gabby called, and I was like, oh, my God, why is she calling me? I'm on the air. Uh, well, your nightmare. this this could actually be a dream too, Tommy. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Promote after dark for me. I'll be on tonight with New Jack. Oh, oh okay, that's right. I thank you very much. That's right. You said dark side of the ring after dark side of the ring after dark. And Tommy, you could see him immediately after on Vice. And don't forget, also Tommy, you have your trivia contest coming up at the end of the week. Yeah, that's Saturday. And we got Impact Wrestling tonight in front of people. New content from Atlanta. It's not the show where Scott Steiner dies, but hey, that's coming up. All right. So you get to see Tommy, you know, Impact Wrestling, and of course, After Dark on Vice, After Dark Side of the Ring. Tommy, we'll talk about it tomorrow here on Busted Open. Appreciate the time, Tommy. See you, bud. 
Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our quarterback episode, which showcases conversations with Joe Burrow, Tua Takabaloa, Justin Herbert, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the Sirius XM app. Search NFL Draft Previews and enjoy. Bully, how are you, man? You know, opportunities like the one that you just had don't come around quite so easily and quite so often. Did Dreamer just tell you that he fell asleep with the phone on his chest? Yes. And who does that remind you of? Uh, of the phone? Oh, uh, Hansy. So how come you didn't hit him with a Hansy fat joke? I just love, I did, first of all, I would never do that. And yes, you would. Hansy's, Hansy's, you know. What is he, robust? I, I don't know how you would describe Hansy. But um, I, I just love the fact that Tommy said. Girthy? That he fell asleep with the phone on his chest and Gabby called him. And he's like, why is Gabby calling me? I'm already on the air talking to Dave. Like he was dreaming that he was talking to me on Busted Open. When Gabby That's, was calling him to come on Busted Open. Those are one of those really real dreams where, where you, just, you just don't know. I, have, I used to have a reoccurring dream uh, that used to freak me out. And I'd only have the dream when I was flying. And I dreamed that the planes was flying in between the buildings. And it would scare the crap out of me. And then I would wake myself up. But I never really woke up. I was still in the dream. What? Oh, that's Yeah, it was, it was a really bad reoccurring dream that would only happen when I would fly. And I, would th- I thought that I would kick out of the dream like three or four times. But I was never actually kicking out. I was only kicking out in the dream and like going farther in the dream. And then I used <laughs> to wear these, these shorts on the plane. And sometimes I would wake up with wood. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. I, I, I was I was gonna say that sounds like a Twilight Zone episode, but then it <laughs> completely changed to something else. Well, I mean, bully. You know, obviously, yesterday we spoke a lot about WrestleMania 36, and it is WrestleMania week, unlike any other. It doesn't feel like it, but we're gonna do our best to you know make you feel and get you excited for what's gonna take place Saturday and Sunday. Pat McAfee is gonna join us. At what time? Like, uh, what, what would you? Eleven thirty Eastern time. Pat McAfee's going to join us, and uh, but like you look at Monday Night Raw from last night, and I saw everything that you were saying on social media at Bully Ray fifty one fifty. Like, man, I loved Monday Night Raw last night, and I loved the fact that they gave their superstars. The freedom to speak on the microphone and get, and told you why they're superstars to begin with. And you talk about selling you on Saturday and Sunday. Paul Heyman, The Undertaker, Kevin Owens, Edge. What a wonderful job of their top superstars and their top matches for Saturday and Sunday to get you excited for what's going to take place at WrestleMania 36. A couple of thoughts on last night a show that was based in the art of the promo. And when the promo is done right, how beautiful, you know, it it truly can be and how effective and how motivating and how 
emotional and how inducing it can be. Remember we were talking about yesterday about focus at WrestleMania when this is all stripped down. This is going to be about pro wrestling and you're going to have to focus on the action. There's not going to be any smoke and mirrors, no pyro, no fans cheering and booing. It's just the athleticism in the middle of the ring and the lack of noise from fans will make you focus on the action even more. Yep, you said that. Last night was all about the focus on the promo. I hope after last night, because I saw four really, really strong promos last night that did exactly what they were supposed to do, which is drive you to a show. This one driving you to WrestleMania. Those four promos made me want to spend money on WrestleMania. But I'm hoping after last night, and I know this is wishful thinking, Dave. Mm -hmm. I hope after those four promos, we never hear what chants in the arenas again. Well, if they deliver promos like we saw last night, it's going to be hard for uh, chance of what? Because... You know, Bully, let's face it, Tommy said it earlier, a lot of times when you're seeing promos on a Monday Night Raw, if you're watching it on the DVR, that's the skip. That's the fast forward. You know, it's, it's you know, two minutes and it's your tagline and then you're out. You know, it's, it's filler. You don't get a lot of heart. You don't get a lot of motion. And as you said, you don't get a lot of realism, which is what you love in pro wrestling. Those four promos that you're talking about from last night, you got all of that. And man, like they may not have been talking to a crowd, but they were talking to me. Edge no, was talking to me. Ta- last they night. were talking to a crowd. That's the thing. That's why I hate the whole WWE don't look into the camera thing. Now they're looking into the camera because they are talking to you, Dave. They're talking to you. They're talking to me. They're talking to crazy Nikki. They're talking to Joe in North Carolina. They're talking to Christina. They are talking to us. And you love the fact that Edge was talking to you and that taker was talking to you didn't you yes it resonated with you we are the audience now right but we've always been the audience why wouldn't you talk into a camera yes when things are going on backstage where you're addressing another human being another man another woman you should be talking to them and the camera is kind of like a fly on the wall but if you're just talking in the middle of a ring or a backstage segment or something and you're trying to get somebody's attention you should be looking down the barrel of that camera you should be addressing that person as if they were in another locker room watching them and the way edge looked into especially the way edge looked into the camera I know Taker looked into the camera. I get it. All right. Taker's promo was good. Edge's promo was great. And I'll go into why I'll, I'll, I'll break them down. They were all, you know, all of them did a phenomenal job, but there was a reason why edges was better, but man, all of these people talking to us, edge made me want to put my hand in my pocket and pull out money to plop down on a pay-per-view. And whenever I'm teaching students at the Team 3D Academy and I'm teaching them about the art of the promo, I say, I tell them, you have one job at the end of this promo. And that one job is that when you're done talking, no matter what you say and no matter how long you say it for, whether that's one second, one minute or or five minutes, the idea is 
to make the listener and the fan make the, want to put their hand in their pocket and plunk down 20 bucks for a t-shirt, plunk down 50 bucks for a pay-per-view, plunk down whatever for a ticket. And those four promos last night from Taker, Edge, Owens, and, and Paul, they all made me want to do it. Yeah, and you know what? They use those aspects that, you know, you want to call it old school because old school, you know, bully, like you said, like every promo you saw on TV when we were growing up was trying to get you to buy a ticket to go to the arena to watch a match. Those promos, their intent was to get you to watch WrestleMania this weekend. And I thought those four promos, they all delivered in a big way. And it's like, I'm watching that last night and I'm like, Man, why can't we get more of this from the WWE? Every time we come up, come on on a Tuesday morning, usually the phone calls we get are like, boy, why can't they let them speak from the heart? Why can't let the, the, the performers speak with emotion? Why can't they show some realism? Why is everything scripted? Man, when I was watching that show last night, there wasn't one promo last night. Like, you're talking about the big four, and those big four definitely were impactful. But even like Zelina Vega, when she was talking last night, none of the mic work that we saw last night seemed like it was scripted. It seemed like it was really coming from the top of the head or from the heart. Man, I, I hope if anything is learned from what we're going through right now in wrestling, and in the WWE, I hope they learn from this and they do more of this moving forward. I really do. Uh, one of the promos came across more scripted than the others. Which one? You tell me. Was it Becky's? I wasn't really including Becky's in the, 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 those four promos. But uh, no, I was going with Taker, Heyman, Edge, and Owens. Out of those four, which one do you think was the most scripted? Ooh, I mean, I didn't really think scripted when I heard those promos, quite honestly, because I loved all four. I don't know. Honestly, I, 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 God, if I have to pick one, maybe Undertaker's to start the show. Uh, ding, ding, you ding. know, but all four to me hit a home run. Whether one was a grand slam like Edge or just like a a one run home run like what we saw with the Undertaker, they all four to me were home runs last night. But you I know, mean, if I had to pick one that pro- maybe was scripted, it would probably be the Undertaker. Taker had me hook, line, and sinker. The only part I don't think I liked is when Taker said you mentioned her. Was telling AJ, you mentioned her. I knew that he was talking about his wife, Michelle. But then when he had to go ahead and say her whole name, Michelle McCool, I went, oh, don't tell me her whole name. I know her whole name already. That felt a little forced to me. And then bringing up the name of the finish that Michelle McCool used, which is basically the Styles Clash. Yeah. I guess she had given it another name. That felt like a little bit forced. Like, I personally never saw Michelle McCool use the finish. I know they showed me maybe footage once of it. <clears throat> I'm really not associating Michelle McCool with the Styles Clash. So it almost came across to me like... Taker was really pushing his wife to get over her, her finish over AJ's. And, hey, AJ, maybe you were just jealous because my wife got the move over, more over than you did, which couldn't be any farther from the truth. That part right there felt like a little bit of a round peg in a square hole. So that's why I said his stuff was good because I, I loved everything that he did. And I especially loved his Holy Trinity line. Yes. 
Because that Holy Trinity line is very interesting to me. Well, I mean, to go back to the Styles class, because it's funny you said that, but for us fans, you know, and us Marks bully, like when Michelle McCool was doing that Styles clash, like we were like, oh shit, like she's doing AJ, like she's doing the Styles clash. So that to me, that was like kind of funny that he brought that up and that because that's something that was like in our circles was something that we always talked a lot about at that time. And it's funny to fast forward to Edge's promo. It almost felt like Edge was listening to our show. And then it's like he did the promo after listening to one of our shows because it's almost like I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I was, I'm wondering if he's listening to Busted Open because he he was saying about like, oh, I've heard a lot, you know, like there's things I've heard. And I was like, man, you you are you been listening to Busted Open and the nation? So I thought that was kind of funny, too. They heard some things. I heard some. They things. heard. <laughs> I heard some things. Eh, you little out of line. Eh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Drinks are on the house. <laughs> I love when you quote Goodfellas. All right, when we come back, we got to get more into Monday Night Raw, especially those four promos. And, you know, the promo that ended the show, and it's funny, Tommy said that you didn't really need Brock, and Brock stealing a paycheck because you could have just had a, a cardboard cutout of Brock Lesnar. I disagree because I think Brock Lesnar just standing there was all you needed. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. We couldn't call it WrestleMania week without our good friend, Pat McAfee. Pat the kicker. That's yeah. what we call him on the street. Pat the kicker. Pro Bowl Mark, kick. Pro Bowl kick. Mark Henry would get hot at me. He'd be like, he's a punter. He's not a kicker. He's, uh, he's, he used his foot. Let's just say. He kicks the ball. Yes. Kick the baby. Don't kick the baby. <laughs> All right, Bully, let's see if you can complete the tease. So we were talking about AJ Styles and The Undertaker, the Boneyard match. What do you got for me? Nah, forget about it. I don't even. Oh, come on now. Come on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I can't go home like this. (laughs) Is that the line you used to use? Did it work? Come on. Did you look down at it and everything? Like, come come on. on. You can't can't let me go home like this. Okay, Dave, I'll finish. You can't you can't let me sit on a banana seat like this. Uh, you better be quick. Um, oh, I got I just threw up. <laughs> Poor right, Carol and Robert. And okay, this is way out of left. Fe- this is way out of left field. Yeah, right. Carol and Robert. And Aaron, what, like- what did we get ourselves into? Um, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're popping right now, by the way. Uh, so what if? Okay. Listen, there's no reason for The Undertaker to go over. None. Zero. Nil. Nada. Zilch. Okay? Does nothing for AJ if Taker goes over. Um, AJ should find a way. And obviously with, you know, uh, you know, Taker called out the OC last night. I'm sure the OC are going to show up. I'm sure it'll be like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, big evil fights one OC guy and then Taker fights AJ and then the American badass comes out. Who knows? We're just, we're going to throw everything at it and, and, and make a big entertaining, uh, boneyard match, uh, pull out all the stops, blow all the pyro, leave them with nothing left, but 
if AJ goes over, there's got to be a cool way. There's got to be something interesting. There's got to be something different. There's got to be something that makes you go, wow. And I think I have something that fans might like, but you might hate. Okay, let me hear it. What if at the finish of the match, after they gave us everything, right? They, they, you know, they, they, they tore the graveyard down. Taker beats up everybody. Taker's about to go over. What if there was like a mausoleum in the graveyard, which there would be. I'm a big mark for those mausoleums, like those little houses where people, you know, bury their whole families like for generations. What if there was a mausoleum? Or what if there was a giant headstone and out from that mausoleum, or out from behind the giant headstone, appeared Sting. And Sting walked up to Taker and just said, I'll see you in one year. Why? Oh. You know, you just, wow. You talk about completion. Um in more ways than one. Why would I why would I hate that? I love that idea. That's amazing. Because I've been saying on this show for weeks and weeks, even before we knew it was going to be AJ and the Undertaker, I made cases of why you could have Undertaker and Sting. I think Sting is healthy. We talked about Sting with Ric Flair last week. And now you're setting up a story. For next year's WrestleMania, you can't have Sting and, and Undertaker now. Why? Because it's all about the entrances. It's all about the pomp and circumstance. Now you, you did it with The Rock and John Cena. Why not Undertaker and Sting next year in L.A. for WrestleMania 37? I, I, I absolutely love the I love the idea, Bully. I love it. Because it will be a factor on how AJ can win uh, this weekend. Because you're right. I mean, for Undertaker does not need to win. But this is custom made for the Undertaker to win. So That's exactly why he should yeah, not win. Yes. And, and something wonky should happen for him to lose. And now you're setting up a match for next year. I mean... I, I, I wanna I wanna give you a big hug, which I can't because of social distancing, but I wanna give you a big hug because I love the idea, but also at the same time I wanna kick you because is this actually gonna happen this weekend? So I, I, I absolutely love the idea, bully. Um, I, I have no idea whether that's gonna happen or not. I kinda came up with the idea I No, you came off you got uh, like if you had the pencil. And there this is the perfect example of that. It's a way for AJ to go over. I mean, I could almost see Taker having AJ up in the tombstone, and he's about to tombstone him six feet under, like tombstone him into a grave. Like we saw AJ's headstone last night. So I could definitely see the open grave with AJ's headstone, you know, in the graveyard match. And then Taker picks him up. He's going to tombstone him into the grave. And as Taker has AJ up, you see Taker's eyes pop out of his head as if he's just seen a ghost and all of a sudden from out of the mausoleum or out from behind the giant headstone or out from behind the tree there's sting in full crow sting gear taker drops aj sting walks straight up to him 
face-to-face in the graveyard and tells Taker, I'll see you in one year. And he vanishes. And then just like that, AJ cranks Taker in the back of the head with a shovel. Taker falls in the grave. AJ goes over. So we got AJ over. Mission accomplished. But what are we talking about coming out of the match? We're talking about WrestleMania next year already because we're getting Taker and Sting. So that's just me if I had the pencil. If they talk, if, 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 if Vince said to me, all right, what do you want to do this year and make it mean something next year? Well, this is what I would do, Vince. And you know what? Why not? Like, listen, we're going to be watching this weekend, you know, the first time ever WrestleMania over two nights. But obviously we understand the big dark cloud that's above us all right now. The world is fighting with this. So this is unlike any other WrestleMania. Why not give us something to look forward to for next year? You know, we're, we're all looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. I know we'll be on the other side of this by next year. This gives us, a, as for a, a WWE fan, and for the next time we all get together for WrestleMania, this is kind of our light at the end of the tunnel. Now, on the other side of that, and, and Undertaker mentioned this in his promo last night, there's, there's a lot more matches behind me than in front of me. I would think bully that this would probably be his last match you could build this for the last time ever you know sting undertaker for the first time ever and the last time ever sting in the undertaker so i would think this would be a good way for sting to kind of have that last match with his head held high you know the last time sting was in the ring it was against seth rollins he was injured and needed help to get into the back this would be a way for sting to finish his hall of fame career at wrestlemania in a match that everybody wanted to see with the undertaker and honestly this would be a great way to finish the undertaker's career because bully when you look at it who is the right person to be in the ring with for the undertaker in his last match it's really nobody on the roster because he's kind of faced everybody and nothing really fits so I think this would be a fitting way to end both The Undertaker's career and Sting's career at WrestleMania 37. And I can hear people now yelling at their radio or their listening device or picking up the Twitter machine and going, Bully, you're a walking contradiction. Because you're always saying that The WWE relies on their veterans too much, and now you want to give two veterans two spots at WrestleMania next year. And I can see why you would be thinking that. But those two veterans in that dream match that everybody would want to see just for the entrances alone, that's the right decision. You see, bringing back guys when they bring them back for these wonky reasons they do at times, some of those things don't make sense. Some of those things feel forced. A lot of people thought that the Goldberg thing felt forced. I understood the business behind it, but it felt forced. You give me Taker and Sting... I don't think anybody has a problem with that because that is a fantasy matchup that is 50 years in the making. You're never going to get a chance to see that match. And every day that goes by brings us one step closer to never getting a chance to see that match. So if we ever had a chance to see it, 
Why not set it up now? Now, do they have to do this? No. Could they set it up at SummerSlam? Of course. Or sometimes, of course. But this would give AJ an opportunity to go over and set something up for a year. All of a sudden now, you're able to talk about WrestleMania next year, Sting and Taker. And it, people will be talking about it. IndyCar fans, this is Brick by Brick with AJ Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. We can maybe provide you with a little distraction. I'm just missing racing. The season will start, and they'll have to be ready right when it starts. And I think we're really going to see the drivers that are physically and mentally most strong through this time are going to come out firing. If it's a shorter schedule, the start of this season is going to be even more critical than usual. New episodes air Wednesdays at 6 Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and anytime on demand with the SiriusXM app. One thing we didn't get into is Becky Lynch. Surprisingly, they showed the main event from WrestleMania 35. By the way, you're going to be able to see WrestleMania 35 just before WrestleMania 36 on FS1. And they showed the main event, that match with Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch from last year. And I was very curious how they were going to show the ending of that match. Were they going to show a different camera angle? And they didn't. They showed it. Just like we saw it last year with Ronda's shoulder up at one. Were you surprised by that? And are they setting something up by showing that match with Ronda maybe later on down the line? First thought that came to mind when that uh, match was over that they replayed was laces out, shoulders up. Yep. That was, listen, if the WWE does not want you to remember something, especially their golden girl winning the women's championship in the main event of WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania ever held, you know, headlined by women. If they didn't want you to remember these things, they wouldn't show it to you. They showed it to us. They could have shown us a different angle in post-production, but then we'd be on here going, oh, look at how they showed us a different angle. They didn't want to admit that Ronda lost. In that moment in time, because her, her shoulder wasn't up on the three count. It's up on the one count. Yeah. All you have to do is freeze frame that one count. That one second in time that's your wrestlemania moment for the next time becky and ronda meet there's your story that's the only shot you ever have to see and from the day ronda decides to step back in if we ever get to see ronda again and i do want to see ronda again that's the picture you don't have to show the finish. You don't have to show a replay of the match. You don't have to show the last three seconds of the match. All you have to do is show that moment in time. That moment in time is not only worth, a picture speaks a thousand words, that picture is worth a million dollars. There's your story. You never beat me, bitch. 
and now I'm coming for revenge. It almost reminded me, you know, with uh, with Becky doing this whole Kill Bill-esque Uma Thurman character. Gee, I wonder where she got that from. It almost reminded me of that, that scene in Kill Bill where, you know, Uma Thurman is talking to the, to the little girl, the daughter, and she's like, if you ever want to come back for your revenge, I'll be waiting. I want to see Becky say that. You know what, Rhonda? After going back and watching that, I realize your shoulders were up on one. So if you ever want to come for your revenge, I'll be waiting. Now I'm like, oh, man, this girl's got the balls to admit that she didn't pin her, and now she's ready for when she's come back? I'm interested in that story. You know, you talk about a moment in time. A moment in time was last year, this time, when we had our 10-year anniversary party. And somebody who was a part of that has been a part of a lot of our broadcasts. And he's a friend of the show, even though he opposes us from 10 to noon each and every day on the Pat McAfee Show. It is the man himself, Pat McAfee. Pat, how are you, man? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. I hope you're safe over there. Bully, listening to you talk about the business is like, Watching a painter paint, brother. That was a beautiful setup right there for Ronda Rousey to come back and probably main event again against Becky Lynch. I appreciate you guys, and thank you for all that you've done during this time to kind of occupy people's minds away from the bullshit that's happening in the world today. I appreciate that, brother, and we hope you're doing well, too. How are you getting through your days over there? Well, I'm still doing my show uh, here in Indiana. We have like uh, no more than 10 people gathering rule, and I have nine people in my office. So we've been coming down, uh, saying dumb things in the microphones for a couple hours, hopefully giving some people some mental vacation and then heading home and locking it down. So, it's you know, we're trying to live the quarantine life as much as possible while providing stupid content for humans. <laughs> and I have no idea how long this will last, but I know my brain uh, we'll be dumb forever, so that's good. And I hope the same for you guys over there as well. Dude, we've been doing dumb from day since day one. We give stupid content all day long. <laughs> you you know what, life, and Pat, dude. Pat, and seriously, like you know, like you talk about the content, and you, you're, I mean, I put you over more than anybody because you're super talented at everything you do. For crying out loud. Um, but you know what? Like to be able to do this show, it's an escape for us just as much it is for the listener. And it, you know, during this crazy time, it's just unbelievable. You know, it went from zero to a hundred so quickly. You know, one minute, you know, I'm doing the show in the New York, and now I'm stuck at home with a teenager and my wife. God bless me. Um, but you know what? <laughs> Seri- like, but seriously, man, like I, I'm sure for you and for everybody that's involved in the show, it's an escape for you as well. Dave, I always appreciate your kind words, too. It means a lot coming from you, and that's 100% serious. Um, you're very nice. You're too nice to me, as are you, bully. But the, um, I think it's nice to have a little normalcy, you know, because it's, it's – and I don't want to say it's only been two weeks because it feels like it's been about two years. Every mm. day has seemed like a week. The weeks have seemed like months at this point. And now with the deadline and the potential freedom being pushed back uh, an extra 30 days, a little bit of normalcy is good for everybody. And I honestly believe there isn't a lot of people in our business that are going to be able to survive because there isn't a lot of live content. I mean, in the wrestling business, they're still putting on shows. Shout out to WWE and AEW for doing that. Uh, but in the sports world over here, there's really nothing. So we're going to find out a lot about who can make it, who cannot. And for me, I just, I'm enjoying the hell out of it as much as I possibly can. And obviously the shows are a nice little escape for a couple hours from having to deal with the real world, which is, you know, right now by all intents and purposes, burning to the ground. 
Pat, I would imagine that as a professional football player, if you were to go out there on a Sunday and there was not one fan in the stadium, you guys are still going to go out there and play your hardest and play your asses off and try to win the game. And having an audience there really is not that important because you're not performing for an audience. You're playing a game and you're vying for a victory. What do you think it's going to be like for these performers for the very first time, you know, having to perform in front of nothing, nobody? You're a very charismatic guy. You're, you you, ha- you probably have the, one of the greatest personalities that's ever come out of the NFL, and now we're seeing it on your show every day. As, as a player, as a performer, as a personality, how do you think these guys and gals are going to feel? How would you feel if you weren't performing in front of anybody? Once again, way too nice. Uh, you guys are way too nice to me, but I appreciate the kind words. So in football, in wrestling, it's a very reactionary business, right? If the crowd's doing something, let's respond. Let's, back, uh, let's go with this a little bit. You're living off a reaction. I've heard a lot of wrestlers talk about how going out in front of no people is going to be interesting, but you're going to figure out who has it and who doesn't. Like, listening to your show, it's been a lot of fun to figure out, and you guys decipher who's doing well, who's not going to do well, and things like that. When it comes to sports, I mean, people can say that the fans don't matter, uh, but I think you even heard it in LeBron's initial reaction whenever he said, man, I ain't playing if there ain't no fans, uh, to quote him exactly. Uh, It's one of those things where momentum and Whenever you have the fans there, it feels like it's your city versus another city. And I enjoy rompous atmospheres. Like, I enjoy fans that chirp uh, to players. Like, I enjoy savage places. So, I think guys will obviously have to take it a little bit differently. I think the young guys who are just trying to earn a paycheck, I don't think it'll matter if there's nobody there because they're just trying not to get cut. But for the OGs that have been around a long time, it's no longer just a game, right? To them, it's not just fun and games are rich. It's a business for them. I think that could be a little bit of an adjustment period. For me, anytime I went on the field, it was as if I was in my own world anyways because I was kicking a ball. But on that sideline and then watching the boys react to the thing, I think it's it's obviously going to be a little bit different for everybody. But assuming that the officials are accurate, I mean, it feels like there's going to be some real time here, not only in the sports world, but I think in all worlds where there isn't going to be large gatherings. And uh, I think it's just going to have to be something we get used to for a bit. And that includes the athletes that are going to have to go on the field and do their jobs. Yeah, you know, I'm so crazy. happy that you just said that you go out there and you kick a ball. Because that's what I said. I said, Pat kicks a ball. And then Mark Henry busts my balls <laughs> and he goes, man, he's a punter. You got to give him his props. You got to give him respect. I'm like, I do, man. He kicks the ball. No, nah, man, he ain't a kicker. He's no, Mark's a punter. 100% Don't make me right. Mark's 100% Dave, stay out of, the, stay out of this conversation. He punts the ball. Dave, Dave, there's, Dave, Dave. There's Dave. fields you got to go take back into you. consideration. Go back to more. Or, it's or a territorial thing. Please, go do something else. There, there are grown-ups speaking here. Stop. <laughs> hey, bully! I was a punter. Though. I mean, but I also kicked. <laughs> my entire, my entire job revolved around me kicking a ball. You ever seen? I forget what the movie's called. Maybe the Rookie or something like that. It's a pitcher uh, where he has to kind of like shut everybody out. It's just him and the ball and stuff like that. That's basically what a lot of kickers have to live like. So I don't think the crowd is going to affect a lot of kickers and punters much, but. For everything else, it's going to be very interesting. And, and I can understand how, if you're not a super football fan, 
kind of identifying the difference between a punter and a kicker could be very difficult. Kicker scores points. Punter just gives the ball to the other team. My job is one that I get booed in my home stadium and I get cheered in away stadiums. It's a very interesting thing, and I've kind of adapted to it, Bully. <laughs> you, you played it well, my friend. I just found Bully Bully's comments disrespectful, but I digress. Um uh, really quick, Pat, and, and thanks for the time, man. And and you know, I you got your own show coming up, so obviously, we'll, you know, we'll be tuning in because you know, since our show is the number one sports show on Sirius XM, you know, we can lose a couple of listeners, and I can listen to the Pat McAfee show. But um, when you look at Gronkowski, and now he's in the world of the WWE, what did you think of his debut, his entrance on SmackDown? How do you think uh, Gronk will do? In the pro wrestling world. Drunk, uh, by the way, congrats on that. I saw that title. I know Sirius is tough to get numbers from, so the fact that they came out and said you guys are the number one sports show, I'm proud of you. I hope you all get raises, get the entire bag. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.